Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 15. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Perhaps you've heard of the Neronian persecution. Again, the Fox's Book of Martyrs, the Neronian persecution. Uh, Nero, sick, megalomaniac. Nero killed six million of, as many as six million of our brothers and sisters. And I was explaining to the first service, and I'll explain to you second, that I think it's important that we point out that these were six million. Are y'all listening? That these were six million. Are y'all listening? These were six million of our brothers and sisters. Because I think it's easy for us to detach ourselves from that persecution because it didn't happen in our lifetime or it didn't happen with people that we knew. But they were six million of our brothers and sisters because they believed in Jesus Christ. They died a martyr's death because they confessed Christ and they believed in Christ and they lived for Christ. Nero killed six million of our brothers and sisters in some sick and twisted ways, wrapped them in animal skins and took their blood and smeared it to attract wild animals and then they would be eaten alive. Nero had Christians pulled apart on the rack, boiled in oil, filleted alive, roasted on the gridiron, dipped in wax and then lit on fire because uh, the Christians claimed to be the light of the world. And so Nero, again, Fox's Book of Martyrs, Nero uh, would dip the Christians in hot wax and strategically place them in his gardens. And, and, and he would ride nakedly through his gardens and, 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 and say, and riding on his chariot and saying, you said you were the light of the world and be the light of the world and set them on fire. And they're burning in his gardens. He tortured them publicly in some awful, awful ways. Listen, Nero's persecution wasn't the only persecution during the Roman Empire. Uh, Did you know that the first 300 years of the church, there were 10 major persecutions? The emperors were Nero, Domitian, Trajan, Hadrian, Marcus Aurelius, Septimus Severus, Maximus the Thracian, Diceus, Valerian, and Diocletian. When Diocletian died, the persecution ended under Constantine's Edict of Toleration. During these persecutions, Christians were forced to flee from cathedrals and hide in catacombs to escape the torture. During the Dark Ages, or some call the Middle Ages, um, people argue about whether it's Dark Ages, Middle Ages, it doesn't matter. The reality is people died for their faith. Uh, Many were killed protesting the heresies of the Catholic Church during the Holy Wars. Let's fast forward to 1927 and 1949. The communists took control of China and one million Christians were slaughtered. One million of our brothers and sisters were slaughtered. And yet the house churches grew. 
These house churches, do you know what house churches are? House churches are churches that are underground churches that are hiding in secret because they can't meet publicly, openly, like in a park, like we can come to church like this and have worship and lift up our hands and the music can be loud enough to hear it across the street. They couldn't do that then. So they had house churches. I've been to um, a house church um, in Rajasthan, India, which is in northern India. Now, for some of you that have been here a really long time, you know. I've told you this story. So we're in Rajasthan, India. We're going through a checkpoint. At that time, I was learning Hindi. Uh, that was many years ago, and uh, well, several years ago. And, um, and it's, it's illegal to be a Christian in Rajasthan, India. So we pull up. We've got a car full of Bibles. We pull up, and their checkpoint is just like a tree branch that's crossing the road with a guy at the tree branch. And before he lifts the tree branch, he's going to check the car and come up and talk. And so my two Indian friends are sitting up front, and I'm sitting at the driver's side back window, at the window. So the guy comes up. Now, if they discover you're a Christian, they find a business card, they find a Bible, anything. It's a wrap, okay? So when he stops us, instead of letting us go through, he stops us. And he looks at the two drivers, and they begin to talk to each other in um, Hindi. Because actually they speak Rajasthani or Hindi, which is the mother tongue, the national tongue. And I'm sitting in the back seat and I'm thinking, please don't come and ask me anything. Please don't talk to me. Please don't say a word to me. The guy looks over at me. I look at him and I give him a nice, pleasant smile. I'm like, I'm not an American, <laughs> you know. And I actually had a hat pulled on. I had a little more mustache because I was trying to look more like Indian. So I had a little more mustache and I was doing like this a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was trying my best to like fit in. And so, and he looks at me and he, and he, and he, look, and he keeps looking and all of a sudden he knocks on the window. And, he, and I'm like, <laughs> so I roll down the window and I look at him and I'm like, and then he asked me, now keep in mind, this is nobody but Jesus. Don't tell me God doesn't know how to, how to fix it, whatever it is, okay? He asked me a question in Hindi, which was probably one of the five questions that I knew in that language. <laughs> he said to me, he said, he said, he said, and I said to him, I know what that means. It means, how was your journey? And I told him in Hindi that my journey was really good. That's, I didn't know that much Hindi then. Now I know quite a bit, but I didn't know that much then. But he asked me the one question that I understood it, and I asked him, answered him in Hindi, and then he, he just went, uh, just go, just go. We went through there. We were like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We were clapping our hands. So we get way back in the bushes, and we get to church. Church is supposed to start at 11 a.m. Church did not actually start to like 1.30 or 2. Because when you have house church, people can't all come. Y'all pray for me because I got stuff to cover too, but I got to tell y'all this. People can't come to church like regular. You can't get off the bus and 39 people walk into the church. That can't happen. They have to straggle in one by one, carrying their Bibles tucked in their baby's clothes or in front of their baby, carrying their Bibles in a bag of rice. 
So they would walk in one by one. They would sit down and take their Bible out of a bag of rice, shake off the Bible, sit there and wait a two and a half hours till everybody straggled in one by one because you don't want to give it away that we're having secret church all the way back, back, back in the woods. We were having church at like this Catholic monastery. And this Catholic priest was a real Christian. And he really loved the Lord because the Christians in, in, in India, the Christians in other countries, they stick together because it ain't that many of them. And that's why I don't understand what is going on here in America. Christians there, they stick together. Protestant, Catholics, it doesn't matter. We're not looking at, oh, well, y'all believe in this, well, y'all believe in that. Listen, we all believe that Jesus died on that cross. We all believe that, that blood is able to save us. Y'all clap better than that. And so we sat down. And we had church with probably like 70, 80 pastors. And I'll never forget this one pastor. He had his left arm cut off because he was a pastor. I can show you a picture. of Y'all been here long enough, you know what I'm talking about. I showed you the picture. I'm telling the truth. That pastor was raising his right arm, praising the Lord, left arm cut off because he was a pastor of a Christian church. They cut that man's arm off, and that man blessed me because they cut his arm off because he was a pastor and a worshiper of Jesus Christ, and yet he was still in church, arm with the one arm he had, worshiping Jesus. That blessed me, blessed me, blessed me. So what is secret church? That's what secret church is. That's what underground church is. So during the communist regime, they were, they, the Christians were meeting and, and, in secret churches. They were being persecuted, and, and, and the house churches grew. Y'all got me now? The house churches grew. Richard Womberg, you know that name? He's the founder of the Voice of Martyrs. He was persecuted under communism, and get this, kept underground for three years in complete and total darkness. Can you imagine that? You've been kept in darkness for three years, brainwashed with communistic and anti-Christian propaganda, beaten and tortured. He tells the story of being forced to eat salt and was given, wasn't given any water for hours as they were mocking the Lord's table. Horrible, cruel, awful, unspeakable things that were done to Christians during the communist control. Things that I can't even from the pulpit speak. Horrible, awful ugly, sick, evil things that were done to our brothers and sisters just because they named the name of Christ. Listen to this story. Years ago, true story, years ago, when communism held the Soviet Union, a little group of Christians met on the ground. It was a secret meeting or secret church service. One day, the doors burst open and two soldiers with machine guns shouted, to all those who are willing to renounce Jesus Christ, you've got five minutes to leave, and everyone who remains will be shot immediately. Well, you can imagine, imagine every Christian began to search their heart and ask themselves, am I willing to die for Jesus right now, today? Well, a few got up and left, quietly ashamed, with their heads hung down. Most people stayed. When the last one left, a soldier shouted, is that it? He held up his gun and repeated, anyone else? Another man ran out. The soldiers locked the doors, turned toward the people, laid down their guns and said, brothers and sisters, we are Christians too, and we don't want to worship the Lord with anyone who's not willing to die for him. Now that the half-hearted have left, let's have church. Isn't that all? True story. 
We don't want to worship with anyone who's not willing to die for him. I think of Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. Jesus speaking to the church of Smyrna, he said to the angel of the church of Smyrna, write these things, says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those which are about to, which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation. How many days, saints? Ten days. Be faithful until death and I will give you a crown of life. Listen, get this from this verse. The persecution that was brought to the church in Smyrna was brought on by the devil. And at the same time, the persecution is measured by the hand of God. Satan threw, listen, Satan threw them in prison, but the prison time was measured by God. Ten days. In other words, there's a divinely appointed, maybe this will help you. There is a divinely appointed time for your suffering. There is a divinely appointed time for your trial and for your, your tribulation. Every trial has a limit and every temptation has a limit. And here's the good news. Every period of suffering you will ever experience is measured by the heart of an infinite and loving God. Persecution. I'll wait while you clap your hands. You should be thankful. Persecution is happening today. And saints, listen. When I tell you persecution is happening today, I mean persecution is happening today. Listen. Fox News article, UN report blast Iran for persecution of Christians and other religious minorities. The detailed reports finds Iran has continued to imprison Christians for their faith and designated house churches and evangelical Christians as threats to national security. At least 49 Christians were among 370 religious minorities being held in Iranian jails as of January 2014, noted the UN. The White Bashir, Deputy Director for Policy at the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, told FoxNews.com, the situation of Christians and other religious minorities in Iran is very dire because the Iranian regime is a Sharia state. This doctrine this dictatorship oppresses viciously all these precious groups with the abhorrent justification of Islamic law, Sharia, and by that it violates Iran's constitution and long-lasting tradition with Persian culture of peaceful tolerance and respect towards fellow Iranians with diverse religious backgrounds. Sabah Frazan Institute for Middle Eastern Democracy. Among the Christians held... In Iranian prisons, perhaps you know this name recent, American citizen and Christian pastor Saeed Abendini. Pastor Saeed Abendini, name sound familiar? He is a Calvary Chapel pastor. And the Mission Magazine, not the last one, but the one prior to that, if you remember, covered the story on the persecuted church and those who are persevering. And in it has a three to four page article interviewing uh, Pastor Abendini's wife. And she tells the story of how we can pray for them and, and how God is even using this situation for his glory. And it blew me away that this woman whose husband is being held 
captive in, in, in an Iranian prison just because he preached the gospel is able to say, God is getting the glory through my husband. She said that. She said, God is working out a purpose and a plan. And what we need to understand is that when we are going through a trial situation, God is always working for your good and his glory. The Bible says, I'm waiting that somebody can get excited and clap your hands and say something. Your good and his glory. For we know all things work together for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. I don't care what you're going through, Pastor. You don't understand. I don't understand and I'll never understand and I don't need to understand. You need to understand that what you're going through, God has a purpose. What you're going through, I'm awake. What you're going through, God has a plan. And, and that's why it is horribly dangerous. And I might even put it in a category of heresy to tell someone that if you're going through something or you're going through a trial, you must not have enough faith. Oh, it's just your faith because if you believe God, <laughs> if you believe God, then, then, then you wouldn't be in this situation. Listen, I believe God, and I also believe that God works all things together for good to those who love him and to those who are called according to his purpose, and no matter what I go through, God is working for my good and for his glory. So every trial that you go through, know that God has one hand on the thermostat and one hand on you. You can know that. And he'll never put more on you than you can bear. I'm a witness. Never put more on you can bear. I've been through some stuff. Don't get it twisted. It's been 18 years of pastoring this church, and I've been through some stuff. Some stuff I didn't think I'd ever recover from. Those of you who know me, you know. Things I did not think I'd recover from. But I knew two words. But God. But God, no matter what you're going through, throughout history, the result of persecution, listen, is always the same. It always leaves you with a pure church, an undefiled church, a unified church. Persecution leads to a growing church and a serious church and a separated, sold-out church. It was Tertullian who was a church historian, and he said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Persecution fans the flames and stokes our souls. I tweeted that this morning. Christians are being persecuted all around the world, even right now. And it amazes me because we have the freedom to worship God in our country. We have the freedom right now, Christian, listen, I don't care if you're 8 or 80. We have the freedom right now to praise God and to worship God and to lift up holy hands. We don't have to worry about gunmen coming in here saying, who's going to die for Christ right now. We don't have to worry about that right now. And it amazes me. I'm still amazed at how some people can come to church and be completely unaffected by the worship and by, they just stand there and, 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 and look uninterested and unaware and detached and, and, and unaffected by what's going on when we have the freedom to worship God now and we need to take advantage of that freedom now because it always, it won't always be there. Put your head out the same. Don't you understand that persecution is coming this way? It's not going to always be this way. It's getting here right now. Don't you hear it? 
Propaganda, propaganda is, propaganda is nothing. Look, I can tell you a lie, but if I tell it to you long enough and put it before your face long enough, you'll start to believe it's the truth. That's called propaganda. And what we're seeing now is propaganda. For example, if you say anything that is against the political agenda, that's hate speech. Y'all need to say preach, pastor. I am. If you say anything, if you, if you say Jesus is the only way, you know, that's offensive to people. If you disagree, have you noticed if you dis, just disagree, I, like you live in a country of free speech and we can say what we want and have our opinions, except in that area. Don't y'all make me go there. Except the Christian we can't say what we want to say. We can't have our own opinions because that's hate speech. That's intolerant, brother. Don't you understand? That's just the seeds of propaganda. And after a while, even in the church, you'll be, you, you, you'll be listening to it for so long, you'll be going, well, you know, <laughs> well, you know, ain't nothing wrong with it. I mean, you know, everybody, well, everybody, because you're believing the propaganda, Christians, we got to gird up the loins of our minds. We got to take captive the thoughts in our minds. And we got to bring every thought into obedience to this book. Every thought. Every thought. Every thought. And I believe the enemy is going to use this hate speech intolerant platform to bring persecution to Christians in the United States. What are we to do? I think we should do what the Church of Smyrna did, be faithful unto death, and God's going to give us a crown of life. Somebody say amen and clap your hands. Will you do that? We got to move a little quicker. Look at verse 19 in chapter 15. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you were not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Again, a class condition. If, if, and you are not. If you were of the world and you are not, the world would love its own. Because you are not of the world and I chose you out of the world, they hate you. In other words, the world hates you because you're not of this world. We have a different destiny. We have a different values. We've got different morals. In verse 20, Jesus said, remember, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll also persecute you. Now, remember in chapter 13, verse 16, Jesus said, a servant is not greater than his master. We just read that, yes? Jesus was referring there in chapter 13 to washing feet in humble service. Here, Jesus isn't talking about humble service. He's talking about suffering. Jesus says, you're not greater than I. If I can do it, you can do it. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. Now, we love to underline and highlight promises of God in the Bible, don't we? I wonder how many of y'all have this verse highlighted. If they persecute me, they will persecute you also. How many of you got that underlined in your Bible? Amen. That's a promise. Matthew 5.10, here's a promise. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The key is, saints, listen, persecuted for righteousness. A lot of Christians are being persecuted for righteousness. A lot of Christians are being persecuted because they're weird. Y'all say amen. Y'all know I say what y'all thinking. Because they're weird, and that doesn't count. All right? If you're weird, that doesn't count. <laughs> you're getting persecuted because you deserve it. <laughs> amen. If you're not getting the word, y'all pray for me. 
if you're not getting to work on time and the boss is hot, that ain't persecution. That's called tardy. You ain't heard that word in a while, have you? Tardy. You tardy for the party. Tardy. I remember when I started church some years ago, it was many years ago, and uh, I remember this guy had working for me, and, you know, he was a real spiritual guy and everything like that. I really, really liked him, and, and so I, a couple days in a row, I'm looking for him. This is like when back in the gas station church, and I'm looking for him, and I'm going around, hey, where you at, man? Hey, where you at? Where you at? Well, I finally find him in the children's church classroom sitting in the corner on the floor reading the Bible. And I said, um, what you doing? And he goes, there's work to be done. There's bathrooms to be cleaned and floors to be vacuumed. And he said, well, he felt the Lord told him that day that the Lord wanted him to spend the day reading the Bible. I told him, I said, well, you know what? The Lord told me to give you as much time as you need to read the Bible unemployed. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.